Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Robin Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. And here we go. Good afternoon, Geek Vibes Nation. I'm starting it off differently because apparently Joel's telling me saying... Saying how I usually do it is annoying, so I didn't really know how to start it. So good afternoon, I guess is how I'll, I'll say it. Wherever you, however it. you're listening to it, whenever you're listening to it, good afternoon, Geek Vibes Nation. I am your host, Juwan, and we are joined by our amazing panelists. Nick, what's going on, Nick? What up? Uh, I always just say, "What up, Geek Vibes Nation?" Yeah, but that's, that's your that's thing. Funny, I want to take your thing. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, do your true. thing. I got to find something. Yeah, you got to have your own thing. You got to have your own thing. Yeah, I guess anytime Joel's on, I'll just go. Joel sucks. Geek vibes nation. All right. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the welcome, works. welcome, welcome. Uh, I thought it like, was good. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, didn't. I, I don't mind. I it. thought it was absolutely irritating. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. Time typical typical Joel fashion. Speaking of Joel, Joel, what is going on, buddy? I commend you for starting it off in a different direction and saying, uh, like, you know, good afternoon or hello or, you know, something normal. So I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, hello, everyone. Welcome to Geek Live Nation. Well, oh, Geek Live Live, technically, I didn't, right? I didn't know. And then you took the, <laughs> yeah, you fucked it up, Joel. <laughs> exactly. I didn't I didn't know he was taking the hosting gig from me, but okay, sure. I, whatever. I guess we're going Oscar style and there's no host. We're just, you know, running rampant. We swap. today. <laughs> Every five minutes. <laughs> welcome, as Joel did say, or was trying to say, rather. Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. This episode is called Stop Hammer Time. Now, we will explain why it has that name, but I thought it was the most creative way to go. Um, so without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, we had some news that broke from a really good friend of ours um, that Army Hammer was rumored to be either up for the role or finalizing uh, as the role of Batman. Then the rumor was very quickly, didn't last long, very quickly um, squashed by the people over at Heroic Hollywood, Mr. Umberto himself. Um, shout out. This, the rap. Huge shout out. Huge shout out. Um, to Mario also, huge shout out to you, Mario. We're going to get you on the show again, man, so you can, you can give your, you know, your point of view on this whole stance. I want to hear it from you. Um, but nonetheless, we report what we hear, even if it's true or false. Um, this news excited a lot of people, and then a lot of people were sad when the news was taken away. Um, Army Hammer, a guy who was up for being Batman in the Justice League Mortal movie, I believe that they were uh, potentially going to make, is not surprising uh, that, you know, he would have been a favorite to some people. I mean, he has the build. Um, he kind of has that, that kind of feel of him, that kind of feels like Batman. Uh, I was really excited about the idea of Army Hammer being Batman. Um, when Joel had, like, posted it in the group chat, I was really, really, really excited. Um, 
but the idea that he's now not Batman or now not specifically Batman, we also had a clip. I believe the clip was old, but a clip of him saying that it was a true shame that no one has contacted him about being Batman. Um, he's got no, you know, no one has reached out to him at all about it. Uh, not really shocking. Uh, we have another piece of news regarding why that's not shocking that we'll get to. But, Nick, I want to start with you because you were uh, alongside of me in the idea of wanting Army Hammer uh, out of the proposed names that were being thrown out. Me and you both did like the idea of Army Hammer being Batman. Kind of walk me through what you were going through when you first heard that he was going to be Batman and then what you were thinking when he was not going to be Batman. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I was excited. I mean, like – I mean, he's definitely my favorite of the of the rumored shortlist, the names that were rumored as the as the shortlist of actors maybe a month ago that uh, Warner Brothers was looking at, uh, along with Matt Reeves. And yeah, I mean, I I just thought he would be a great pick. I mean, he's obviously got the build. Um, I I think uh, as far as like the the acting chops and everything, I think he's he's right there. Um, you know, I mean, he he's been able to display uh, you know a lot of different um a lot of different characters and a lot of range um whether it be you know a a spy thriller um like the man from uncle or you know a, a drama like call me by your name um you know he seems to have the range and he he seems like he would be a good fit um for all of those reasons so yeah i mean i was super on board with it um and like you said, I mean, it, it got shot down like almost immediately. Um, and you know, um, it kind of sucked. Like I was like, damn, well, I, I, well, I guess that's not going to happen then. Um, or at least it's not as, as was reported. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's disappointing, but I'm still optimistic that whoever they get, um, will probably be, you know, a good choice. Um, I, I mean, I like the fact that, you know, Reeves is in, in charge of this movie. Um, I think he was a, a very good pick uh, for the movie, and they've obviously taken their time with it. Um, so, you know, with the script and everything else, so I don't expect that they'll, um, you know, make a poor decision as far as the casting for Bruce Wayne and Batman is concerned. So, I mean, I still have faith in, in that, that aspect of it, but yeah, I mean, ultimately I was disappointed. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was one of those bittersweet things to where it was like, I, I'll speak more so to, to my stance on it, Nick, uh, cause I don't want to put words in your mouth. It was like when he was possibly casted, great. We can move on. We don't have to talk about Finn anymore right. and any, the ideas of like, who's going to fill in, in the cow. And I thought it was a really good pick. Then when he wasn't, I was just like, Dane has really got me sold on Robert Pattinson. So I'm like, I kind of <laughs> did want to see uh, see what he could do in the role. But I'm like, Army Hammer just was like, to me, it was Army Hammer or John Hamm that I was really hoping they were going to go for. But Dane has me interested in Pattinson. So now I'm like, I kind of want to see like what it would look like for that guy to bulk up, kind of be in the bat suit, um, and kind of distance himself from that twilight stigma that everybody wants to, to bottle him in. Um, but, Joel, before I move on to you, we do have a caller, a guest on. Uh, I want to introduce Mike 
of Geek Media Corps, newest member of Geek Vibes Nation. What's going on, Mike? Hey, what's up, guys? I am so happy to be on this end of the microphone instead of just listening for a change. So thank you so much for having me. And sorry about the uh, the time difference. I'm in Central Time, and I didn't realize that it was uh, 2 o'clock where you guys are. So that's my fault. No, no. One thing you will learn about me is that time is something that I, I definitely don't fully grasp. So I didn't even think to, to ask, like, what time zone you were on. So, But we got you on nonetheless. <laughs> Um, welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Uh, we were kind of just talking about the news of Army Hammer being rumored for the role of Batman, then it quickly being shot down. Um, so I'm going to go to Joel first, then I'll go to you. Um, but Joel, kind of again, same thing I asked Nick. Kind of walk me through what you were going when it was it, it was seemingly uh, Army Hammer's job. Then it looked like it was never his job to begin with. Um, kind of walk me through what you were thinking when, when that whole thing was going on. Well, um, I was absolutely ecstatic. It was a huge news. I had to, like, take it in for a second when I first saw it. Um, <clears throat> and I, I saw that was from Revenge of the Fans, a friend of ours, Aaron Mario. Uh, and I, I put it up, and I was ecstatic. And I was just happy to move on. I've been wanting to move on for forever. <laughs> this whole the, the Ben Affleck thing has been just uh, a pain in the ass for the last two, three years. And it's, uh, so I just really think uh, it was a good time to move on. And we've been heard, we, like, you know, you guys are just talking about, we've heard rumors for a while now about a list and he's on the, he was on the list. And a couple of weeks ago it was reported that he was, uh, the, like a favorite of the studios. Um, and then like we're coming in now and we find out that, Oh, he's in final talks. Uh, and it's, that, uh, like we were just talking about, it got squashed. It got squashed quick and fast and by every human being possible, weirdly so. <laughs> like it just felt like everybody <laughs> just wanted to go after it really fast. Um, but I still trust Mario in his reporting. This is what he hears. I get it. Uh, I totally understand. Um, I, I would. I did not hate the casting at all. He's not my first choice. I definitely, like Dane, have grown to like the idea of Robert Pattinson or uh, I like Richard Madden. There's a couple guys on the list but, that I've grown fond of in the idea for, uh, for the Batman. But I would not be upset at all if I'm the hammer got it. I would be just fine with that. And, and that's why I was I was starting to get into it until everything everybody started debunking it. And I was like, oh, well, that sucks. Now we have to wait longer to find out for officially what was going on. But it's just uh, we'll see. I don't think he's it's completely out of the realm of possibility that he he uh, is won't get the role. You know, just just because he didn't get it now doesn't mean he won't get it later. Or or you know, for people that don't want Army, there's a good chance he, he might not have it. <laughs> like there's, there's someone else that right. the hopes alive for a whole new Batman. So I'm totally fine with whatever direction they go in. Um, uh, it is Harmony Hammer at the end of the day. Great. If it's not also fine, as long as they pick the right guy, I'm I'm with it. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I want to speak to that, that you brought up is I heard the same thing, and I'm really kind of, like, set on the idea that this is what's going on. I do heavily believe Warner Brothers um, wants Army, and I do definitely believe that Matt Reeves does not. Um, so I could completely understand the rift, not rift. I don't want to go ahead and start rumors about a rift, but the idea of those two guys, uh, having two totally different ideas on what they want. We saw the same thing with Zach, what Zach wanted, what Warner brothers wanted was always coming head to head. Like it was never like, all right, yeah, I can get that. Um, it was always 
differing from each other. So I could completely buy that Warner Brothers wants Army and Reeves well, doesn't. I think Army Hammer will probably, if it turns out to be true, will probably be the, the compromise pick. I think I, I, I thought I mentioned it here before, or someone. I talked to someone recently about it. Uh, just like I think Ben Affleck ended up being the compromise pick. I think that's where they compromised. Because I, I truly believe Zack Snyder really wanted Jeffrey D. Morgan for Batman in the beginning. And then they, they came to a, they wanted a bigger name. They went with Ben Affleck. And he's like, oh, I like that. We'll go with that. And I think that's what's probably happening here with Matt Reeves and Army Hammer. I don't think he doesn't like Army Hammer. I just don't think that was his first choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I, I, it's just one of those things. you got to negotiate. you got to find out availability. Because we know Army's going to be busy the next year or so. So, Will he be available? Stuff like that. A lot of things have to come into uh, go into consideration. But this is a huge this is a huge undertaking for Arnie. Like this is big. He was Batman once when he was nineteen. Weirdly enough, how that worked out, I don't know. But but he was also now <laughs> many years later. Um, he's going to be possibly Batman again. But this is this is for the long haul. It's not for a one movie deal or kill you off in five movies type of thing. What what was going on with Ben? But this guy has to commit full time, full you know, all in. This guy's all in, so that's why it's a big thing. And I think if it is him, again, great. If not, you know, we're we're open to suggestions. Yeah, Probably I mean, should have dude, gone with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Just gonna throw that one out there. Not bad at the time, especially the age limit. I mean, age yeah. requirement at the time for well, going and, old. And well, we probably would still have a Batman. You know? He probably would. See, he probably would. My, my only issue with Jeffrey Dean Morgan being like Bruce Wayne Batman is that he's so tailor made for Flashpoint Batman. So then it's like I, I didn't yeah, have to no, you don't think if that we way, ever get there <laughs> right, you don't get Flashpoint Batman. Well no, right. no. The the reason why I said that is if we're doing revisionist history and Jeffrey Dean Morgan was Batman, he was staying as Batman, I think a lot of the timeline with D C that's all in a flux would have been a lot more simpler if there weren't so many variables that had question marks around it. Um, I think if we had a steady Batman, we kind of would have, kind of would have had Henry dealt with because we already had Batman dealt with. And I think they would have moved right. forward on a lot of things. I think Ben I not being sure about things then put in the road of everything because yeah. as much as we're, you know, we're upset that we don't have a man of steel too and stuff like that. Best belief, all these DC movies that are coming out, if we had a steady Batman, the Batman would have already been in production, filming, and coming out next year. They wouldn't have dragged right. themselves with a Batman. Or been out. Right, two. or been out. So I think once a Batman film happens, that's when you'll see traction on Superman, Flash, Green Lantern. They know their cream of the crop will forever be Batman. That's where they want to start. That's why they're giving us everything else so that gets nailed down. And then once that's uh, all set, that's when you'll see the continuation of the other members that we want to see, uh, a la Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, stuff like that. So I do believe that that is the biggest reason why a lot of things have question marks is because Ben kind of somewhat did hold up a lot of what they were trying to do going forward. Um, excuse me. But, um, Mike, I want to go to you. We can talk forever on this. I want to go to you. What are your yeah, thoughts cool. on, you know, the idea of Ar- Army Hammer possibly being Batman? Like, was that uh, a pick you would have been okay with? Um, and then it was squashed that he was not going to be Batman. Uh, do you have anyone in mind that you would have liked to, that you would like to see uh, be in the cow next? 
Oh, sure. When I first saw the the reports, I guess you say, uh, first thing I thought was, I'm going to pull up a chair and make some popcorn. Because if you remember what the Ben Affleck announcement <laughs> was like, it was Armageddon on Twitter. So I was just like, I, I'm, I'm just here for the meltdown. This is going to be great. But I mean, it was, it was squashed so fast. I didn't even really get a, a ch- chance to get into that. Uh, my thoughts was I wouldn't have been mad. I, I like Army just fine. I've always kind of thought he'd be the perfect Hal Jordan. So I was kind of hoping yeah. that it was going to be like, oh, we got it wrong. He's going to be Hal Jordan. But that's just, as you know, I named my podcast uh, Green, or, I'm sorry, Geek Media Core because me and my uh, co-host are such a big Green Lantern Core fan, and we're just waiting for a good Green Lantern movie. But uh, I digress. Yeah. Uh, with, with Ben Affleck, I, I liked him as Batman. I, I didn't like him enough to where I'm going to just be like devastated that he was leaving because I might be wrong on this. I always kind of felt like he had one foot in, one foot out. He didn't really. I don't, to me, it just maybe it was just all the the clickbait stuff. Just always made it seem like to me like he never really wanted to be there. Uh, so I treat the Batman role kind of like I do a Doctor Who or a James Bond. Uh, whoever they pick, uh, I might at first like raise an eyebrow and be like, I don't know about that. But they usually grow on me, you know, with the ex- with the exception of like George Clooney or something like that. But uh, <laughs> as far as who I'd like to see, I think Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones is the the current favorite mm-hmm. in Vegas. But he's 32 years old, and if you believe this thing where um, uh, what where Matt Reeves wants someone to be in their 20s. Uh, three guys right. I've kind of like looked at is Nicholas Holt. You know him probably from Mad right. Max or, or the X-Men movies now. Finn Wittrock is, a, is, a, is an actor from American Horror Story who I think mm-hmm. – I talked about on Twitter recently. Someone I just think looks like about a, a mid-20s, uh, maybe in his prime, Bruce Wayne. And then I see this guy, Jack O'Connell, from uh, the show Godless on Netflix that everybody's uh, been bringing his name up a lot. Of those, I'd go with Finn Wittrock. Just look up his uh, his, his picture on, on yeah. Google Images or something like that. You'll American see. Horror Story. Yeah, and he was actually rumored. It's funny about that. He was actually rumored to play Nightwing at one point before before they kind of did this reshuffle. So you can see he's kind of already under that WB umbrella. But as far as Army, I, w- I wouldn't have been mad about it. I, I think he's been fine. Yeah, the thing with Army is I think a lot of people were sold on him being Green Lantern from the reports of last year or the year before. So it was like, all right, well, whenever they get Green Lantern going, that is your Hal Jordan. Like, you don't have to look. Hal Jordan, but then when we got reports of they were looking for an older Hal with the younger John, for John to then possibly take over down the line, uh, it kind of muddied that. It then seemed like it became Tom Cruise's job to turn down. Um, And then it became, we have no idea what we're doing with the Green Lantern film. We know we have Jeff Johns working on a possible script. That is really about it. We don't know when we're going to ask for him to turn it in, anything like that. Um, But Army just seemed like I pictured when they said that I pictured the scene of Justice League War of that conversation Green Lantern and Batman had in the sewer the idea of seeing Ben's Batman Army's uh, Hal Jordan having a conversation like that was just gold to me Um, and you know now knowing Ben's officially out Army could be Batman like a lot of different pieces have been shuffled in that um but I, I'd say as far as what you're saying before we move on about Ben being half in, half out, I really think it came down to Zach told him you weren't going to be Batman for long. So Ben was really counting on being Batman for a few movies and then dying. Um, not Ben, of course, Batman. Let me knock on wood. Um, <laughs> but I think that was the dream he was being sold. So the idea was Warner Brothers then came in and was like, no, 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 no. Sorry, Zach. We want Ben for it. Ben was like, I have no aspirations to do this. Um, so I think that's why he was always like, I really always thought it would be a handful of movies and then I was out. So now you're telling me you want me to do eight, nine, ten possible appearances. It then became too much for him. 
Um, so that's why I think he kind of gave that, uh, I don't really know. Um, but let's move on. To, let's move on. Uh, you did bring up, <clears throat> excuse me, Matt Reeves rumored to be looking uh, for his Batman to be in his late 20s. I had this conversation with Joel. I felt as though for me, obviously I have no say in it, a compromise to me would be between the ages of 28 and 34. That's what I'm looking for. No younger than that. Absolutely no younger than that. Um, so if this report, uh, or this rumor rather, is, is true, late 20s could mean a few different things. Um, so, I mean, I'm okay with the idea of that. I just don't want a Batman who has not had, uh, you know, his rogue gallery yet. Like, I don't want a Batman that's just now starting. Um, that The idea of that infuriates me. I want a Batman who has already been through a few of his different rogue galleries um, and has now come to a, a culmination point to where we might see a villain we've never seen before, a la Hush or, or someone like. But I do want it to exist that he's already been through the Jokers, the Two-Faces, the Riddlers, um, you know, guys like that. So if they're going late 20s, yes, yes, I'm, I'm into that. Um, but, Nick, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on Reeves looking for a Batman to be in his late 20s? Like, is late 20s something you're cool with? Were you looking for 30s, or does, does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because, I mean, even Robert Pattinson, who's, you know, had a lot of buzz surrounding him, he's 32. So by the time you actually started shooting and everything, he'd be right on the tail end of that range that you threw out, that 34 mark. Um so, like, or 33, anyway. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess to me, when when you say, when somebody says, uh, you know, I'm looking for somebody, uh, you know, in their late 20s, I, I don't necessarily think we need to have an actor who's in his late 20s, um, but more like the character is in his late 20s, so we need to cast somebody who, who you know, yeah. looks that part. Um so, I mean, I think any of, like, the names that have been tossed around can fit that. Um, like, even Army Hammer, who, what, he's, what, more like mid to late 30s? Um, he's 32. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, I thought he was a little yeah. older. Um, well, see, but, like, okay, so notwithstanding uh, my, uh, you know, factual inaccuracies, um he would still fit that bill. Like my point was that he looks like he could be in his late twenties. Um, so like any right. of those guys that, that have been kind of names have been tossed around. I think, I think they would be um, like fine, even if they're not, you know, 28, you know, I mean, I think you could right. go as old as 34, maybe even 36. Um, if, you know, they can pull off looking like they're 28, which is not that hard. Um for God's sakes, they make Tom Cruise look like he's 28 in every fucking movie he's in. So <laughs> they, they can make it work, you know, like the, the the wonders of Hollywood and what have you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is just, like, no offense to Jack O'Connell, no offense to Kit Harrington. Like, I don't want a Batman that I'm, I'm looking eye to eye at. Like, I, I need I need my Batman to be, like, at least six feet tall. Like, it, this Batman, like, the role of the Batman should be, like, a roller coaster and have a height restriction. Like, you've got to be at least six feet tall. Like, I'm just saying. Um, that, that That's probably the most important thing to me. 
See, I, it's weird that you say that, Nick, because I always didn't like the idea that Ben and, and Henry were, like, the same height, were almost the same height. Like, I kind of like my Batman to be a little shorter than Superman. Um, yeah, but that, Ben Affleck's six foot four. Like, right, he's powered over Henry Cavill. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, like, I'm saying, so yeah, I'm just ahead, saying, like, I'm just saying, like, get somebody who's six. I don't want a, a five eight Batman, and that's what oh, Jack no, O'Connell no, is, and and that's that. what uh, I think Kit Harrington's even shorter. Like, I think he's like five seven, five six. So, like, um, yeah, I'm just that's, that's, that's all I'm saying. Like, because um, yeah, like I. I, they're, I think they would both be fine as far as, like, acting chops and whatnot. Um, probably O'Connell more than Harrington, just in my opinion. Sometimes those Game of Thrones actors, you get them outside of Game of Thrones, and they're, they just don't quite shine quite as well. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, like, uh, I, I, that, that's just big to me. Like, you got, like, at least be, like, 5'11". You know, at least be knocking on six-foot door. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Very fair enough. Um, Joe, I'll go to you next. Uh, what, what are you? <laughs> even though I already know the answer, but what are your thoughts Thank you. on um, a Batman being in his late twenties? Well, I mean, I think I agree a hundred percent with what Nick was saying. I think it's just a age range in twenty eight to thirty four. It's the same fucking thing visually. You can't tell the difference between twenty eight <laughs> to thirty four. There's no real. Doesn't fucking matter how old you are between that range. So I just think it's just something they want you to look like you're not super old. I just don't think they want someone near fifty. I don't think they you know it looks like they're near fifty. They want someone that can pull off and be around long term. So they're looking for late twenties, early thirties. So when that's gonna, this is why I think they they want someone young who someone's gonna be there and not go away. You know that that you're not like already almost fifty years old. And so that's why for me. Uh, I get where they're coming from, and that's why the age thing never really bothered me. I, I it bothered me more when it was like rumored to be like early twenties, like that. Because you, when you're in your early twenties, you still look like a teenager more or less. So you want someone right. that's a little bit older. So late twenties, early thirties makes a lot more sense. Where you still like a, you're in your prime more or less. And I think that's what uh, I think THR even reported that this will be a Batman that's experienced, but not near, not like not in his prime just yet. He's coming into his prime. He's still just starting out, but not not young. It's not year one, year two. This guy's been around a while. He has a rogues gallery. So he's just not, like, near the end of his ropes, like where Ben Affleck's Batman was near retirement and shit. So we're, we're somewhere a little bit more towards the beginning of it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I, I thought that was always the weirdest thing about Zach making uh, Ben's Batman um, the age that he went for was because, like, his Ben's Batman always seemed like he was ready to retire. But it was like, all right, well, Batman in the comics usually always has a successor. And Zach never focused on Ben having a successor. The only conversations we ever had about Robin was that he was dead. So it was like, it's really weird that you're really going on, like, injustly, he kind of mentioned, like, I'm too old for this, like, a thousand times. And it was like, you mentioning, like, Nightwing or, like, something. So we're like, okay, well, the idea of him going, cool, Nightwing might come along. But, like, it was just really weird what Zach was doing with Ben. I believe Zach was even having Robin, the Robin that died, be Dick Grayson. He, yeah, his, that was the reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree with a lot of his decisions going forward. I didn't. That's why, that's why, that's <laughs> like, why I wanted like, to tell all the Snyder fans I'll, that 
that are getting mad at us when we're like, Snyder should really shut up. They're like, no, 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 he has the freedom to say whatever he wants. Yes, he does. But, like, a lot of his ideas were stupid. Like, they were really stupid. (laughs) So, it's like, you're defending the most – and what what is crazy is a lot of these Snyder cult fans – I'm not going to get too deep into this. I'm going to go right right to you, Mike. But a lot of these Snyder cult fans, they're more so fans of Snyder, not the comic material. So it's like you're defending Snyder, but I'm only defending the, the comic material. So it's like you thinking I hate Snyder. I don't. I don't know the guy from, from, from Adam. I am defending the fact that you made Batman super old, borderline retired. Then you're telling me that the first Robin he's ever had is dead. When Dick Grayson didn't die, Jason Todd did. So, like, you were going really weird with the story. And it seemed like you were trying to make it so the DCEU only lasted five years tops. And it was just really weird that, like, he didn't want longevity. He wanted the DC universe to kind of like, here it is. Here's some really cool shots. Everyone dies. I'm good, guys. See you later. <laughs> and it was just really weird. It was just really weird. So I, I'm completely fine with Warner Brothers saying, what, what stupid idea? Like, who – let you think that this was smart to do in a universe that we're trying to build. So I'm fine with Warner Brothers kind of giving him the, the, the deuces. But, Mike, I'll go to you. Um, what are your thoughts on a late Batman? Like, does that work for you? Or were you looking for a early to mid-30s kind of Batman? Or were you always kind of looking for a younger feel? Uh, first, I'll say on the uh, release, the Snyder Cutters. I hope I'm not like stepping on any toes here, but I can't. I can't even have a conversation with those those people anymore. Uh, I don't. I, I see all this stuff that comes out about what You're Snyder was going to do, and I'm like, what in the no, world? No, no. You guys, you guys are okay with this, for real? So, uh, on to this. The version of I'm probably going to show my age here, but uh, my favorite version of Batman is Batman the animated series, and I always felt Hell like yeah. he was about you know late 20s, early yeah. 30s, Bruce Wayne, and I felt mm-hmm. like that was perfect to where. He still makes mistakes, but you know what? He's in his prime. The version on screen I've always wanted is World's Greatest Detective Batman. I want to see him actually proving that he's not just going to be the guy that goes into the warehouse and beats up 800 people like in Batman v Superman, but he's actually going to you know, plan, use strategy, and actually like use all the gizmos like the, like the James Bond Batman. That's the kind of stuff I want to see. So, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm perfect with this. I think this is the perfect age. I want to see him at the top of his game, not just physically, but also upstairs. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the one form of Batman we have not consistently received, if not at all, um, is the completely detective-driven Batman to where it's like, can he fight? Yeah, like really well. But he can also just outthink you, so maybe he doesn't need to fight you in that sense. Um, that's why I want I mean, Riddler yeah. for this movie. Yeah, Riddler would be great. Riddler would be great. Uh, David Tennant as the Riddler is one of the, is oh, one of the yeah, names that yeah. I would love to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Just someone who can I mean, completely I... get into the, the psyche of Batman. So where instead of it just being, all right, I'm going to throw like 30 fists at you, it's more so to where it's like you have to really think. And I want this Batman, the next Batman, to not have to rely so heavily on Alfred. Uh, I was telling Joel, I kind of felt like the Batmans we've had, whether it be more recently or, or whatever, were kind of becoming like the CW. So where it's like instead of you you know, kind of doing this off of you, you're relying so heavily on others that it takes away from the fact that you have powers and they don't. Like, it seems like they are your superpower. So I kind of wanted to where he separates himself, to where, of course, Alfred's always there for him, but he is the guy that is being the master detective, the ultimate thinker, 
the chess play. Like, I want him to be that, that master detective. And like I said, it's something we've lacked that if you're telling me I get from Reese's Batman, more power to him. Even though Ben's, Ben's uh, reported script of uh, Raid meets Batman with him just fighting the entire time would have been dope as hell. So, like, I want to throw that out there. I would have been fine with that. But <laughs> the ultimate thinker is something I'm completely fine with. Um, because it's so new, because outside of the comics, we just haven't seen it. Um, but all right, let's let's uh, let's move on. I kind of feel like we've really, like, dug deep into D.C., and just mentioning the Snyder Cult made me want to take a break from D.C. So let's take a walk <laughs> into the Marvel side a little bit. Um, let's get into, we got some reviews of Captain Marvel, some early reviews. Uh, a lot of the guys that, you know, we know on Verso, comicbook.com, uh, Mario, I believe, like a lot of these guys have been able to go to the early, you know, the early screenings for it. And a lot of people are saying it's great. Like, it's really, really, really good. Um, I just, my issue, uh, not with the reviews, but with Captain Marvel, period, is I kind of feel like they've missed the mark completely on, um, on marketing this movie. I feel like it has no clear, no clear marketing strategy. Like, it's just like, we're another Marvel movie, although that works because everyone still goes to see Marvel movies regardless of what critics say. Um, it just, it lacks that, like, I need it to kind of feel as though it's, it's setting itself apart from Endgame in a sense of, you know, we're not holding on to the idea of, of course you're going to see us because we're right before Endgame. Like, Black Panther set itself apart. Like, I felt as though if I had no interest in Infinity War, I was going to see Black Panther because it just marketed itself to where it stood apart. Kind of feel like Captain Marvel isn't really doing that. Um, but I am glad to hear that it was a really good movie. Um, apparently her cat steals the show, which isn't really a shocker if you know who her cat is in the comics. Um, but I, I am glad that a lot of people are saying it's really good. Um, stay, stay after the credits. Obviously they have two end credit scenes. Um, Excuse me, Mike. I'll go to you first. Uh, I was listening to your lo- your last podcast. You had a really interesting take on on uh, your thoughts about Captain Marvel just all together. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the positive reviews, and then just your thoughts on you know kind of heading into this movie? Because I think we're only about like maybe three weeks away from it. I'll let me preface this by saying that I love the MCU. And so, anytime I say anything that might be deemed negative about the MCU, I get oh, you're just a DC fanboy. But you know, that's just the world we live in uh, right now. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. <laughs> Hit me up when an MCU movie does not get glowing reviews from critics. I mean, let's be honest. When was the last time they had – I mean, they, they they left Thor Dark World saying it was, like, amazing. You guys remember this? Yeah. <laughs> How did that age? Yeah, How did that age Ultron age? I'll so they're always going Thor Dark World didn't have, like, raving reviews, but no one left that movie saying, like, don't see it. It's garbage. And I kind of wish yeah, they so. did, so I didn't have to see it. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, there hasn't been any – completely negative reviews about any Marvel movie. To be fair, it's they have a lot more good ones than bad ones, so I could get how they don't really have any uh, overwhelming negative reviews, but I do get the point you're trying to make. Uh, yeah, yeah even though even the bad movies on the watching. tomato meter. The Dark World. Yeah. yeah that, that's I, I was like, Christopher Eccleston left Jeez, Doctor Who right. for this? For real? So that, that was, that was my opinion. <laughs> Uh, my my take on the movie is that I feel like uh, my co-host said that there, he feels like there's zero buzz for this, and I'm like someone like me who is not I'm, I was Wonder Woman. I never really got into Captain Marvel. 
So uh, it's someone that I felt like the trailers need to sell me on this movie besides, oh, she's going to be the strongest Avenger that can beat Thanos. That, I feel like that's what their marketing plan of this is, to see this because she's going to be important in, in the Avengers movie. And he, even he said he doesn't feel like there's much of a buzz for this. And for someone like me who really doesn't know a lot about this and the trailers haven't really got me in there, all I think when I see this is, man, Green Lantern Corps is going to be tight one day because that's what I get the vibe out of. <laughs> it, 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 we want to be Green Lantern, but we're not, we're not Green Lantern. I, I don't know. I just it's just not moving the needle for me at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely understand that, and I think Kevin Feige is aware of it, um, and that's why he wants to do less team up movies, more standalone movies, because then you could really see the movie purely for what it is. It's not setting anything up besides like maybe a sequel or the end of a trilogy or something along those lines. A lot of these movies that are right before the Avengers film is a lot of people feel they need to see it before they see the Avengers film. So regardless of what critics say, they don't want to walk into an Avengers movie feeling as though they missed something. Uh, I mean, Joel, I think we, we heard this a lot um, for Infinity War. A lot of people were like, well, do I need to see the other Marvel movies to understand Infinity War? And honestly, you don't. Like, you really don't. You could walk into Infinity War and just see it for what it is and enjoy it. Well, I wouldn't uh, recommend it. Right, I would right. recommend it. I feel as though <laughs> yeah. a lot of, I feel as though a lot of the no feelings way. that came that came from that movie, you kind of need to establish, you know, a feeling for ah. these characters. So if you just skip ah. all of them and just watch Infinity More, you'll lack that. Um, but yeah. if you're just looking for a really um, fun, colorful action uh, kind of movie, yeah, you don't really need to see the rest of them to to truly enjoy it from from that sense. But again, wouldn't recommend it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I kind of think Feige is aware of that, uh, and that's why he kind of wants these movies to kind of stand alone more. Um, so, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see after Endgame how long it'll be before we get another huge team-up movie and if that will at all hurt some of these characters that aren't that well-known that Feige is starting to bring out of the pipeline uh, to do their own solo movies for um, but, Joel, what are your thoughts on the early reviews of Captain Marvel? And honestly, something I wanted to ask you before that I don't think I ever did, but do you put any importance into marketing when it comes to a superhero film? Hmm. Uh, I'm happy to hear that uh, the movie's doing, at least getting, uh, you know, a good early buzz. Uh, not exactly like, not, it's not like I wasn't expecting any of that the good news to come out. Um most Marvel movies come out and with, with, with glowing, decent reviews anyway. So um, I'm still happy to hear it regardless of if it's a little biased. I, I just, I'm happy that no one really came out super upset about it or upset. I, I, I swear like the mo- the worst thing I heard about it was the, the drags in the beginning. That's, that's probably all like the worst thing I heard about it, but it's early, you know, we'll get like legit reviews when we get closer to the movie. This is just, like, these are just Twitter reviews. They're limited, and you know they probably are, are prodded to go in a certain direction. Like, hey, look, this make us look good. <laughs> but look, I, I'm excited for the movie. I really am. The closer it gets, the more excited I get. I am. I don't. I'm not a big. Uh, uh, when it comes to marketing in this movie, especially, I, I'm not much of a snob about like how it's marketed and how I. I I'm in. I've been in. I, it doesn't need to talk to me. I don't know how other people feel. That's why when I listen to people saying it's not doing a good job doing that, I don't understand it because I don't. I don't feel the same way. But I. But I. But I have to listen to you because I. I just. I don't need to be sold. I'm in. <laughs> like 
I, I, every little thing I, I can see and, and hear, it's just it's just there's more. It just adds to what I want to see. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm just I want to see this movie. I, I have a lot of hopes for it. Um, I, Captain Marvel's a character not a lot of people know about, so it's gonna it has a big like a big job in trying to explain itself. Um, a lot of people didn't grow up on Captain Marvel, at least not this version of Captain Marvel. Even my brother, who's old as shit, was talking to me about it. Like, I don't like that Captain Marvel's a girl. And I'm like, Captain Marvel is a girl now. I mean, the old Captain Marvel, that guy's been dead for years. They didn't use him. Why not just make him, you know, he don't know a lot of what I know. So I, I get it. But at the same time, <laughs> a lot of people still get confused between Captain Marvel and Shazam. And, like, because the original Captain Marvel was Shazam. So it's like, and the fact that they're both coming out this year is fucking unreal. It's like Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel both coming out the same year. But it, for me, I just think it needs to explain itself. As long as it does a good, because it's basically an origin movie. And as long as it's a good origin movie, I'm okay with it. You know, like marketing is important, of course. Uh, but again, I don't. I'm not sensing the same things that you guys are feeling in terms of like it's not doing your job. I, I, more, nor do I really care. Like, cause it, I don't need to be sold either. You know. Well, to, to be fair, I, I I don't feel as though the movie won't do well, um, or or won't be good. Um, I always think when I when I mention marketing, I always bring that up from the stance of someone who is not of a comic book cloth, to where it's like they're seeing this character literally for the first time, um, and that's why marketing is so important because it sells the person who does not, who has no idea about whatever this this is like it it sells them completely selling you um isn't that hard because you're a fan of these movies so just the marvel logo usually piques your interest and you're like all right what's what's going on now um but for someone who isn't invested in that world or hasn't picked up a comic or cartoons um marketing is super important because it It then gets them but that's why i can't relate invested Because I don't I know what it feels like to not know what's going on. At least not with the Marvel movies. I I know what to look for. I know what to expect. So I kind of it keeps giving me stuff I know. So it's like it's not that big a deal for me. I don't know what it's like <laughs> to go in blind. I just don't know. I don't have that feeling. Um, right. So that's why it's no, not I, as big a deal. I had, if I have any issues at all, it's the fact that there's a lot of these like really weird. There's a real agenda against this movie. Uh, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of bullshit going on. We're getting it. It's getting bad reviews from people that haven't even seen the movie. Like I don't get what the <laughs> fuck is going on with that. Like I, I, that's really frustrating because there's some type of Captain Marvel on Captain Marvel bullshit war right now between like the both sides. Like they're both shitting on each other for no apparent reason. It's the weirdest <laughs> shit. It's it's honestly the oddest. It's a DC Marvel like rage war over which is the real fucking Captain Marvel. I've it's never understood annoying. it. I've oh, never understood. So that's that's as dumb as Star Wars versus Star Trek. I've never understood it. Oh, yeah, they both so have their annoying. place. They really <laughs> yeah, do, I mean, and it's, it's just like you have. You mean two awesome ahead. things instead of one? Yeah, bring it on. Right. Oh, it's so <laughs> right. frustrating. It's such well, yeah. a giant rage war now. It's so annoying. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, the it, thing it, is, like, I think Star Wars and Star Trek is the perfect example because it's like you know, with Star Wars, I would compare more with DC being like. Um, you know, more more fantasy for Star Wars versus the science fiction of Star Trek, whereas uh, you know, DC's more the godlike characters, whereas Marvel's more the the more grounded human characters or what have you. Um, so they they each have like a place uh, in the whole spectrum of of all of us. I, I have never understood like why 
I, but I guess in general, I, I I've never gotten the whole you need to shit on something, you know, to to prop right. something else up. Like I, yeah, if, right, if right. something is good, it'll stand on its own merit. You don't have to shit on something else in order to do it. Okay. Yeah. But like I he's mean, saying where he doesn't need to be convinced, I'm the same way with Dune. Dune is my favorite book ever, so all these castings coming out, go. people are like, oh, I'm interested in this now. And I'm like, right. now? Are you kidding? Read the book. It'll change your life. You know? so, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. <laughs> you're yeah. a fan. It's good to have a fellow like uh, Dune fan on this show because like, I've been telling Jawan for like – Weeks on end, like we have to talk about the Dune casting, and then finally, yeah, that book is my Bible. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, we as people, since like the beginning of time, have always found ways uh, to instead of just appreciating everything, to to now solidify it by someone has to be the best, and instead of the best being a group, it has to be an individual. So that's when you get the Marvel versus DC, Star Trek versus Star Wars, LeBron versus uh, Jordan. Like, unfortunately, that's what we've become as a society. So when no. actually, if you look at Marvel and DC, they're both really successful comic book companies. So it's like I don't need one to be better than the other. I just need both to do really well. Because if, if out of all these comics uh, or comic companies, you only have one that, that's really successful, if that one happens to fall off, all of them die. So it's like, I don't want one to be great. I want them all to be great. So that if one kind of isn't, isn't that great, we have one to kind of lift it up. Um, right. Remember when WWF just, beat WCW and it, it now it's now it's like a shadow of its former self because it killed its competition. Right. No yeah. competition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bad for everybody. hundred percent. A hundred percent. I mean, that was, that was the struggle of it. It was to where it was like, you killed off your competition. So now it's like all the focus is on you. So if you waver at all, that's it. <laughs> That's completely it. There is nothing to pick to pick anything up from there. So yeah, I mean, right. And and you can have a preference without um, like bashing being a dick about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's to the point to where it's just like it's everything is purely based off of opinion. I mean, you can give stats and everything for days, but you can't change a person's opinion. Like, you could tell someone, like, oh, this guy has all the numbers in the world. He's obviously the best. But someone could have could be a fan of the individual. So you'll never waver what they, you know, what they pick, you know, no matter what you throw out. So it's just, it's like, let people have their own opinions. You like it, you like it, whatever. We don't need to wage a war here. Um, right. As far as what, what you were saying, Joel, about the, it not really, you know, catering to you because, like, you're already a fan. I mean, it, it's, that's kind of where I, I saw with Shazam, like, I don't know that much about Shazam as a person from this, this clause. Um, so I was really looking for a tone to sell me, not, not the comic a, uh, aspect. Your tone had to sell me. And them kind of coming out and doing a big meet, meet Shazam, that was all I needed to see to go, I have interest in this. Because um, the comic aspect of it, like once he said Shazam and transformed, I was like, all right, that, that's all I, I really needed as a comic fan. Um, but the story had to be something that sold me, and that's why I think it's it's a huge mistake that you're not really marketing this film a lot more um, to sell to people who have no idea maybe about Big, about you know uh, the Shazam character, like any of them. But what are they not uh, selling? Like like the in the trailers, you mean? Well, I won't say in the trailers because to me it's like you could watch a trailer and kind of go, oh that looks cool, and then when it comes out, like you just don't go see it. I mean, in the sense of 
you're not really building hype to someone outside. I mean, again, the comic book fan genre, like the, the fans, they make up a huge amount of the box office success. But in order for it to be a complete hit all the way around, you need to sell people who could care less about a comic book show. Um, and, and that's why I think some of these, these lesser characters that aren't as big as a Batman, a Spider-Man, uh, a Wolverine, I think that's where you kind of you kind of miss the mark if you're not over overhauling it on the marketing uh, because you need to kind of get butts and seats that aren't already going to be there because they read the comics. And that's why I kind of think Shazam and Captain Marvel are kind of not necessarily hitting on. Captain Marvel, you don't really need to because people are going to go see it because, again, it ties into Endgame. And they feel obligated to see it to go see Endgame. Um, but Shazam, you're not really riding on much. <laughs> you're riding on the DC universe um, that, that has its moment, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Um, but people aren't looking forward to team-up movies, so they don't feel obligated to see it. Like, Aquaman has nothing to do with Shazam. Um, so marketing is important because it gets those people who saw Aquaman that know that it doesn't connect. Why, why should I go see it? So that's what I'm saying in the sense of marketing for these superhero films. Um, but I feel like I talked myself in a circle. Nick, what are your thoughts on the early reviews for, for Captain Marvel? And also, is marketing important to you, whether you want to, you know, take it from the sense of superhero movies or just movies in general? Is marketing important to you? Yeah, I mean, marketing is obviously important. Um, now, I don't know the ins and outs and how you really create buzz and how why some things get buzzed and some things don't and everything else. Like, right. I mean, I think that's a that, – that, yeah, that's just over my head. I, I, I am not a marketing expert, so I just I, – I, I can't pretend to know all the, the facets and ins and outs and, you know, all that. Um, but, you know, I do think it's important, and I, I think – it's it's interesting because I I think Joel brings up a good point when when he brings up the fact that there is this kind of for whatever reason whether it's you know um, like online sexism or DC versus Marvel or mm-hmm. any of that all of that like it, all the above yeah I mean there's there's at least some elements of those things involved here. But the fact that on Rotten Tomatoes right now it's only got a fifty one percent like want to see rating. Um, that that is a little troublesome. Now, again, we'll see if that really pans out when the movie's released and and what it starts charting at and what it makes and all of that. I mean, I think probably what you're looking at, you're you're not expecting this to be like Black Panther level, but you're definitely wanting it no. to do better than Ant Man and the Wasp. So like, but that's right, a big right. range. So you know, like, I mean, I, I think ultimately. It will be in that range. It'll probably be closer to Ant-Man and the Wasp than Black Panther. Um, but I mean, we're just gonna have to wait and see. Uh, but I mean, I, I do, I do think that at least on, on paper, that that 51 percent is is probably a little troublesome um, to you know to to the people involved in Disney and and whatnot. Um, but I mean, it's just I, I don't know how much stock you can really put into that. Um, you know, being that, you know, it's, it's, it's like, I would compare it to like when, uh, when, you know, 17 people post something on Twitter and then articles start running, like, you know, people are blah, 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 are pissed off at this. And it's like, wait, 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 you said people. (laughs) 
And so, like, you're not lying. There are 17 people who are upset about this. <laughs> but when you say the blanket term people, you're, you're, you're trying to insinuate that it's a lot of people. Um, and, like, I, I feel like – I feel like any any sort of article that ever comes out like that like should should dictate how many people <laughs> like like um like you know and it happens especially with like political shit like um liberals are upset blah 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 christian conservatives are upset blah 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 it's like you should qualify that you should quantify that rather like you should be like 13 christian conservatives are upset or like you know uh, 27 liberals are upset by this, you know, like that we can count um, because I think that's like that's an important qualification. Um, so, I mean, I, I feel like we might be seeing a little bit of that with this 51 percent here. Uh, to me, the, this this movie is, is super important, especially in, in the time that we're in, um, in the idea of empowering women and stuff like that, um, purely because. Kevin Feige not that long ago said he was, you know, they were talking about doing an all-female um, kind of like Avengers kind of kind of movie. Um, and sure. what you don't want is your lead female film to not do well because then it kind of makes it hard to sell the people a all-female movie because it's like if sure. Black Widow doesn't do good, this doesn't really do good, why would you think we want to see them all together? Like we didn't want to see them by themselves. Um, so, I mean, that, that is but here's one the of the thing, biggest here, things. Go ahead. Well, my, my only retort to that would be, um, like, why did Wonder Woman do so well? Because it was a really good movie. Um, now, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I've, you know, been on record as saying it's, you know, was my favorite DCEU movie. I still think it's the best DCEU movie, even though I just fucking loved Aquaman because it's fucking silly and whatever. Um, but uh, and it does have its problems in the third act. But overall, it's a damn good movie, um, and you know it it stands on its own with the story and the character. Um, and you know I I feel like it does a really good job there. I feel like if they nail that, and I feel like they probably will, um, then the movie will speak for itself. Word of mouth, buzz, all of that are going going to generate a lot of income. If I had to predict, it's like. You know, we talk about all the time. You know, will LeBron make the playoffs? It's like, is Disney gonna have like, or is Marvel more specifically? Because I mean, uh, you know, Solo obviously. But is, is Marvel going to have like a movie that that you know vastly disappoints? I doubt it. <laughs> I just don't. I doubt it. You know, when when I see it, I'll believe it. I mean, it's it's with DC because as I say this, it's it's contradictory because it's like you think a superhero film movie where it's like. It's the idea of fantasy. It's just really hard to mess that up. But then it's like uh, you look at Justice League, you look at uh, Suicide Squad, you look at BVS to some people, and it's like, no, it it is possible. Um, So I kind of look at it to where it's like you look at – when you look at Marvel movies, the strongest thing that they have to go off of is reputation. Um, I kind of consider it, Nick, the equivalent of the All-Star game. You see a lot of guys get in purely off of names. Like, they might not have been having the greatest of seasons, but there's just right. no way LeBron's not going to Especially ever make the All-Star team. Especially when it comes to fan voting, which right. that's box office. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So to, to uh, a lot of comic book fans, Marvel movies usually always hit something that works for them. Like, something. It doesn't, it doesn't ever fail on all aspects. It hits something. Right. So whether it's visuals, whether it's fighting, whether it's story, something always hits the comic book fans. 
Um, and it seems like a lot of these reviewers, something always hits them. And I think it's usually the story, but a lot of these reviewers that go are fans of the source material. So I think their thing is the, the accuracy that Marvel usually hits. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think this will be the movie. I think if anything has uh, the risk of being Marvel's first uh, movie to fall flat, I think it could potentially be Black Widow. Um, and that's why I think Ooh, I it's doubt smart. It. I, I think it has potential. I'm not saying I, Man, I would I doubt go it. it. It depends on, Feige said, uh, it leads us right into our next topic. Feige said that after Endgame, he'll kind of give us a full timeline uh, like he's done before of all the Marvel movies that mm-hmm. kind of has uh, panned out. I think depending on what the slate of movies are that he has coming after um, Far From Home, you know, like The Eternal, stuff like that. Depending on what those movies are, I think if you ask me out of the slate, like what potentially could be the one that breaks this Marvel streak, I, I probably would still go go Black Widow. Um, but What about isn't, isn't The Eternals, isn't that rumored or confirmed or whatever? Like, to yes. me, that would be Eternals. the one. Because it's Eternals just it's just completely different. It's it's nothing that anybody knows. But I mean, it, it, even even still, I wouldn't bet on it. I would just that would be the my odds-on favorite if there were going to be one. Or Guardians well, without Nick, James Gunn. Yeah, but they're still using a script, so uh, I feel like they're you know they, they, right. At least still have that enough hope. of the elements <laughs> that we love from Guardians. Is, yeah, we hope right. um, is going to be I mean, there. And the thing, the thing with with what you said, Mike, is a lot of people didn't like the second one, but it's oh, still I loved it, but I, I, you're widely, right, you're right. It's still widely one. was um no 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 maybe not you guys, but I do know of people that that didn't enjoy. It. I personally didn't we know really one enjoy or two. It. No, I get blasted uh, on Twitter all the time for saying I love Guardians too. I will yeah. say this: so, I didn't like it as much the first time I watched it, and then the second time I watched it, I was like, "Why didn't I like this movie?" Like, I guess, I guess yeah. the hype was just too too much in my head, you know. Maybe um, sometimes that happens. But going back, I've watched it like three or four times now, and I, I like it even, ev- more every time with repeat viewing. Well, I will say, Nick, I, I completely understand that stance. That was my stance on uh, Solo. Uh, I saw it maybe once, and I just couldn't really get into it. Um, but then you and Joel were like, I, I really enjoyed this movie. So I'm like, I- I'll watch it again. And then when I watched it again, I was just like, I don't know what I didn't like. Like, I, I would have needed to have done a review right after the first viewing to remember the second viewing <laughs> what it was that I didn't like about yeah. it. Was it? Um, yeah. So I completely understand that. But um, – because this topic is, is really weird. It, it's not like a definitive question to ask because it's so bad. So, like, I couldn't ask you guys what films do you think are coming down the, you know, the, the pipeline sure. after, you know, because it's like you can't really set in stone anything because it could be a multitude of things. So what I will ask you guys is um, what is the likelihood after Endgame that an Avengers-based movie will be in the timeline of the movies that Feige uh, introduces, I'd assume at whatever big convention comes after Endgame, whether it's D23 or whatever, uh, is when he'll release it. Um, but Nick, I'll actually start with you. Do you think we will have an Avengers-based uh, movie in the timeline that he uh, that he releases later on this year? I doubt it. Um, I would say 
maybe 5% chance I'd give it. Um, simply because of what Feige has stated um, up to this point. Now, we all know his word is not gold. Um, but nevertheless, <laughs> uh, you know, for, for something uh, on, you know, on this kind of level, it's like, I don't know. There, usually when he is, is you know, uh, using misdirect or whatever, there, there's a reason why. Um, and it's usually to prevent any sort of spoiler or anything from getting out or to, you know, like with the whole um, in-game title and everything, they were like, damn, well, they spoiled it on his, like, credentials list. Like, so let's just say, hey, like, everybody, if anyone asks you, you know, anything to, you know, uh, that, that, you know, could confirm that it's in-game, just say no, like, however. So, you know, you get the Russo brothers coming out and saying, uh, no, the title was never mentioned in Infinity War, and it's like, well, now we know that's a lie. Um, but uh, nevertheless, with this, I just don't, I don't think he, I don't see a reason to lie um, per se. Um, now that doesn't mean that just because the focus, you know, isn't necessarily going to be team based, that we couldn't get one. I just would expect it would be in that next slate of releases. Um, because they have so much now with the Fox merger happening, um, so many other things to like, um, you know, build with and everything else that could set up a future, um, you know, uh, Avengers crossover type things. Um, if we do get it, I think it would, if we do get some kind of announcement, um, I think it'll be just like untitled Avengers five sequel. Um, and it'll probably focus on the scrolls, which, I mean, would make sense. They're setting them up. But, you know, I feel like, too, you could really use the scrolls. Um, if you're getting Fantastic Four, you could certainly use the scrolls. Having set them up, use them for that. You don't necessarily have to make that an Avengers movie. You could have some Avengers in it, um, but I think it would work very well for Fantastic Four as well. So, no, I'm I'm just not expecting, I'd say, 5% chance that we get um, – an Avengers movie on this on this upcoming slate. Yeah, I always I always kind of wanted to talk to you a little bit about that, um, uh, Nick. The the idea of using uh, the next one being scrolls based. I kind of feel like. I mean, yes, it's it's the obvious choice is to go. The idea of the scrolls. I just kind of until you think, set up the X Men. Right, right, right. Um, which, if they're smart, they would slowly start by doing show based on Disney Plus in the Russians and movies. Um, but I kind of feel like the scroll thing. Because think about it like this: Would you feel as strongly about that if Captain Marvel um, didn't come out this year? About scrolls being uh, no. the obvious choice for the next one. No, I mean, I feel like the fact that they are setting up the scrolls makes it the obvious choice. Um, because right. if it wasn't, if you know, if it wasn't, if it, if the scrolls weren't being set up in the Captain Marvel movie, then it would be just like how you didn't want to lead into this with, like, well, what movies do you think are going to come out? It's like, well, if, if we didn't have that set up, it'd be like, well, what? They'd just be one of many. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I. I I deeply feel like it's not necessarily connected in the sense of because they're doing it in Captain Marvel, that that could, you know, that that's, that's what they're leading uh, up to. Mainly because Captain Marvel's story, 
loosely, I want to say, uh, Joel, you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think it usually always involved the scrolls. Um, in a sense what where the? it was Captain Marvel, like her, her story. Uh, uh, more, uh, more or less. Uh, always the Kree. Scroll is give or take. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was so, going mean, to say, it's always involved the Kree, which usually involves right. the scrolls. So. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it, depends, there, right. It, it would be hard for me to believe that they were going to go with the storyline that didn't involve the scrolls. Um, so that's why I'm kind of like Kevin Feige usually isn't a on the nose kind of guy. Like still shocking if, if you, when they revealed that though, it wasn't like a it was. <laughs> it really was. It really was. But if you think about it, from Avengers movie to Avengers movie, nothing ever really set up the next villain for the Avengers movie. Like at the end of uh, the first Avengers, you didn't 100 percent know that Ultron was coming. Like there was there was nothing that made you believe that. Thanos um, was coming one day. We knew Thanos <laughs> was coming, right? We knew that, was right? And we, and we had the we had the setup with Loki um, at the end of right. Thor, the post credit right. scene mm-hmm. with with Selvig, you know, being introduced, you know, to whatever, um, right. to I guess the to the Tesseract, um, and right. then Loki kind of hovering in that mirror in the background and, and seemingly controlling what he was saying. Um, so I mean, right. I think I think we had the setup there, right? Right. No, I just mean from Avengers movie to Avengers movie. We don't necessarily have that. Uh, Age of Ultron, I guess, breaks that mold because it ends in Thanos. But, you know, and then you have the Thor visions and everything like that. Um, but, I mean, I, I've never really known Kevin Feige to be that on the notes. Um, so I kind of feel like Scrolls is the long play. Um, but that goes to your point. One of the long um, plays. Right, one of the long, long plays. Long plays think that goes fucking to the, Galactus. I'm just saying. <laughs> very true very true I, I completely agree but through the scrolls you could enter the world of Galactus because the scrolls um, you know being introduced in Captain Marvel opens up the whole idea of the galaxy like the idea that there's more the Guardians like the Guardians, that, but yeah I get what you're saying right the Guardians only very you know they only explored space you know in, in very little doses it wasn't like there's a so much more out there that we didn't even really, you know, get into. It was kind of just like you thought that was the idea of all of space that they were kind of uh, looking to usher in. Captain Marvel opens that up a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it opens the door for so many more things, but I think the next three Avengers movies uh, should be based upon is X-Men vs. the Avengers, Scrolls, and then entering into Galactus. Um, so it's like that's the longest play is Galactus because you have so much to set up before you get there. Um, Scrolls yeah. is is the obvious choice because you've already set it up with Captain Marvel. X-Men versus Avengers is the play that comes after Scrolls. And then after that, the middle. you get... Right, you can get the play of Galactus where you have X-Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four, Guardians, all these guys going up against oh, Galactus. Man. Right, so, I mean, God, oh. Oh, I'm feigning just thinking about it. Um, <laughs> at, least, at least that's how it should go. Who knows what direction they go? <laughs> right. Who knows? With Kevin Feige involved, I mean, he can do Galactus now, and it's what? I didn't expect that. Okay, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll I'll take it, yeah. Um, Joel, kind of the same question to you. Um, do you see an Avengers-based film being uh, teased in the timeline that Kevin Feige introduces us to 
uh, or showcases rather at uh, at whatever the next big convention is after Endgame. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. They might just rest that for the first wave. Uh, they might just announce what has already been uh, reported, like the like the six, like not six, it was like what four or five movies we know that are pretty much coming. Um, it's possible they do that. They say maybe an event, untitled Avengers movie. They probably won't give us any big uh, name or anything, like you know. But it, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't count it out, especially if they do what they did that one time uh, where they kind of gave you a list of what movies are coming out. Um, I I just. I don't know. I don't think they're going to just give everything away like they did that one time. I just They'll probably give us what we know and maybe one surprise, and it probably won't be an Avengers movie. It'll probably be some, one of the Fox movies. Um, and then the second wave of movies will probably involve the Avengers again. Like, bringing them back, because they're just probably going to give the Avengers a rest for a little bit and just build, rebuild everyone up and then go back to the drawing board with, like, obviously, Avengers, Fantastic Four, X-Men. Hopefully, by that point... It, We'll see how many movies are a year, maybe four a year at that point, because that's a lot of fucking people to get in there. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really crazy. The, the funny thing is, when it comes to Kevin Feige, it's like you never really know how to, like, grasp what, what he's thinking. So I always feel as though if he announces an X-Men film or a Fantastic Four film, that wouldn't really shock me because we're expecting them to do something relatively soon with these characters that they just got back. I think an Avengers movie, even if it says untitled Avengers movie, would shock me more because you would think really? they would want to go. Yeah, only because I would think they would want to go two, three years, three years max with no large team-up movie. Now, that doesn't stop Fantastic Four, X-Men, or if they want to do Guardians. all-female team-up, Guardian, stuff like that. Um Eternals, but a huge, larger scale Avengers team up movie. I would think they would really want to just distance from that for a while. So that would shock me if in their three plans, an Avengers movie is in it. Um, because of how strongly he was saying he wanted to kind of just do movies that stood on their own, weren't necessarily connected, and to just kind of give the Avengers movies um, a break for a while. So that, to me, honestly, would shock me the most because I would think he would want to distance uh, after Endgame where people are kind of like, man, that was a long emotional journey. Like, <laughs> think about it. Thanos was seen at the first Avengers movie that I believe came out in 2012. We're in 2019 now. That was a very long journey Thanos has taken us on. Um, so I would think he would want to set it up to where whatever the next journey is, isn't a movie to movie. It's a more it's it's a longer game to where it stretches. So that's why I would think he would want that break to kind of plant seeds throughout these solo movies. Um that would then build up that even longer game. So whether it's scrolls or, or Galactic. So honestly that would shock me the most. If he came out and said, Hey, two thousand and twenty two we got a an X Men movie, I'd be like, Yeah, I would assume so. Like you just got these characters back. What what do you want? I'd still for? be like, shocked. More right of X Men showed up on that list sooner than any of the others. I think the X Men I think would take a little longer in my opinion. So let me ask you this: Would you be shocked or just excited? Both. Yeah. Both. <laughs> 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 All right, um, <laughs> Mike. I'm going to go to you. Uh, you know, what do you think the chances are that uh, an Avengers-based film 
um, will be in the timeline that, that Kevin Feige uh, reveals to us. And to the point that Joel uh, even said, do you even think that he's going to give us that large of a timeline? Because it's only been done once before when he did uh, the timeline from, I believe it was Civil War that led all the way up to, to this point. Um, right. Do you, do you think that that's what he's going to do again? Or do you think he'll go the route he kind of went uh, before the first Avengers, I think, was the time before the last that he did a huge timeline for? Yeah, phase, phase two was six movies were announced. Right, right. Yeah. Were phase three it now is the end of phase three right now. Or like the, yeah. this year. <laughs> right. The end game is um, the end. <laughs> and, and to the fan base listening, like when we say timeline, like remember, these movies don't come out uh, like three within a year. Uh, like some of these movies might be spaced between years. So that's why I said it would be shocking to see him do a huge timeline and then the Avengers be part of that timeline. I was kind of going more off of Z, Joel, to where it could be a short one for like maybe the next mm-hmm. three or four years uh, rather than like a six-year right. plan or like a, a, an eight-year right. plan. Um, yeah, but the next, even the next three or four years could be, God, like 12, 15 movies, depending on how many Absolutely. they get in a year. I would almost expect it to be like a two-year thing. Like we'll, see, we'll get six movies announced right. for the next the two more years. Current one. Like I said, the most, most probably most exactly. recent I yeah. do want to say, as I pass it to you, um, Mike, uh, a Sony rep did say uh, in an interview that Marvel was looking to have, obviously not counting the Into the Spider-Verse or the Venom Universe movies, um, about three to four movies a year they were looking to try to shoot for. Um, so if that pans out, that timeline will be even shorter. Uh, because there's no way you're giving me an eight-year plan at, at each year has three to four movies a clip. Um, yeah, I remember so though. I, Sony's on a high right now. Their movies did really Sony's well. Sony's on an extreme high. <laughs> so who knows what that exec was talking about? And we've learned from the past: these execs don't talk to Kevin Feige. They just talk. Uh, so <laughs> it could be a lot of smoke coming from that. But but it still, Mike, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on the timeline? And do you think an Avengers movie will be part of the timeline? Unless he does like here's phase four and five kind of thing, I, I don't think so. I think the next one is going to kind of be a the new Avengers kind of thing because I really feel like Thor, Hulk, Tony, Captain America, they're going to try to move away from that and try to go with the you know Spider Man, Captain Marvel, some of the younger ones, new uh, new, new mm-hmm. Avengers. Because uh, I think there's going to be some permadeath in Endgame. Obviously, that's why he doesn't want to say anything until after that. So we're going to see a lot of new solo franchises maybe pop up. Uh, hopefully the implementation of Fantastic Four, X-Men, maybe a, maybe a Magneto and Professor X movie or something like that to kind of set that off, which, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a big X-Men fan, so I'd be all about that. I'll go uh, with – basically, without getting too long-winded here, what I think they'll do – or what I want to do them to do and what I think they'll do. What I want them to do is how do you come – how do you follow up Thanos? Simple. Yeah. He's my favorite Marvel villain of all time, Doctor Doom. That makes the most sense for me. Let's build mm. Doctor Doom as the next I big baddie. I forgot about Doctor Doom. So <laughs> that makes the most sense for me. But however, I think what they're going to do, based off of what I'm seeing from Captain Marvel, is they're going to dip. I'm going to get real geeky, sweaty here with you guys. They're going to dip into the Secret Invasion comics, and they're going to have one yeah. of these big main Avengers have been a scroll the whole time, and it's going to completely break people's brains because they're not going to be able to wrap their head around some hero I've loved for. 
10 to 12 movies has been a bad guy the whole time. It's just been plotting. Or maybe Nick Fury or something like that. I could see something just absolutely crazy about that. I use the word safe with Marvel a lot. I feel, and, and people like that's like a negative thing, that they play, play it safe with their movies. And that's why we mm-hmm. said they don't really have flops. I think that they built up a good enough, enough goodwill now that they could take a big risk like that. And it's kind of like people with Game of Thrones. Oh, if they kill off blank, I'm not watching anymore. And next week, the Liars. ratings are the highest they've ever been, right? Yeah. Same thing Liars. with this. Oh, they made Captain America <laughs> scroll. I'd never watch again. And they would be there opening night, and you know it. So I think I would love to see them build up towards Doom, but I think they're going to go Secret Invasion for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I will yeah. say to that point, I love that purely because you could use Doctor Doom the same way they used Lex Luthor. It's where Lex was the beacon that then alerted Steppenwolf, that then alerted Darkseid. So you could have Doom be what alerts Silver Surfer, who then alerts Galactus. So you could do a long play with Doom, treat him like Lex Luthor of the universe, to where he is the beacon that then alerts the highest form of... uh, Right, they didn't pay a bajillion dollars to not use Fantastic Four. set it all up in one movie. (laughs) Sure. I agree. Don't do it all in one movie. Um, but I will say, I will say, I agree with you. Um, that is something that not a lot of people talk about, but Marvel does somewhat play it safe. Um, and that's why I think they change a lot in these movies. Uh, a lot about so the many good villains coming. The, right. A lot about Crazy. the power base. They change a lot, um, just to, to kind of play it safe. Um, and it would be huge, but the thing about that is if you go for a main Avenger, right? I think if you go the route of that, a lot of fans would be happier. What you could then do is you could tell Chris Evans, look, you want to take a break, right? Take about mm-hmm. six, seven years, okay? What we'll do is we'll integrate it to where you are a scroll. It, 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 it turns out you're a scroll. So then that explains why you're gone for so long because the team has no idea where you are. Um, you can even have it to where it shows him in just like a test tube. Like it doesn't actually have to be Chris Evans just his likeness. So it shows you're in a test tube that the scrolls have And then it's a long game. So then by the time you come back, um, you know, maybe Chris Evans has a different feel about, uh, you know, playing Captain America again, or it's just that one-off in that one big Avengers movie. Um, But I, I I think the fan base going into this movie has the same mindset that it did in Infinity War. That there's no way that if they both survive Cap and Tony um, in Infinity War, that one of them doesn't die in Endgame. And if one of them dies, I don't think the fans' response will be as huge for uh, those side characters because we've been suggesting this since uh, um, Captain America Winter Soldier that Fury was a scroll. So I think if you have it, anyone else that's not Cap or Tony, the, the surprise won't be from the, fan, uh, the comic book fan base um, that large because we've been speculating this for forever. Um, that one of these guys are, are possibly a scroll. We just didn't think it was possible until Kevin Feige told us we were getting scrolls. Now it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, let's go into overdrive on who could be a scroll. Um, I think the reason why a lot of people didn't assume Tony or Cap is because we strongly feel one of them will die in Endgame. Um, so if Marvel pulled the fast one and neither one of them die, yeah, I would love for Cap to be a scroll like they did in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I think that'd be awesome. It was a great story then. In the it's comics a great first. story now. In the yeah. comics first, sorry. In the comics first. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be a great optic for them to, to pull. But it's a very risky one. 
Um, so let's see when they decide to take these risks um, because it, it's time. It's time that they do it. Uh, it was Baldy for Zach off the bat to kill Superman. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> he just killed Superman? Yeah. This is insane. Metro ballsy is the word I would use. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was stupid just about is to say what that. I would say. Stupid. But hey, stupid I, was. I'm all down. I'm all down with him being a, a, a scroll. Just like, don't don't have him utter the words Hell Hydra and then kill Black Widow. You know, let's, let's oh, not go geez. that far. Yeah. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Nick, as you say that, I weirdly kind of want that now. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> No, no, no. This, not this, just saying Hail this Hydra. Is, this is worse than your fucking take last week about uh, Aladdin 2 being better than can, Aladdin 1. Jesus. Can you let me finish my statement? I'm not no. saying I want him to say Hail Hydra, but if you're telling me he was a scroll, and through finding out he's a scroll, he kills one of the, the members of the uh, the old <clears throat> Avengers, I would be blown away by that. Like, you see, you know, you see Cap turn around and, like, stab Hawkeye or Black Widow or something. You're like, wait, what is going on? And then, like, his face morphs and he's a scroll. I'd be blown away by that. Like, that'd be super crazy. Uh, and I think you'd have a lot of people who have no idea about these characters that would just go, I have no idea what I just saw. Modern um, audiences would not be ready for that. It'd be great. No, they would not. <laughs> yeah. They would not. And okay. I think that, right. is, that is the epitome of ballsy, is to do something like that that mm-hmm. no one is seeing coming. Um, and I'd be really excited for the idea of that it, it'd be so cool to see um, because you're not expecting it. You would have never thought that they would go that far. Um, so unless you're no a sweaty Hail comic Hydra. book reader, right? I don't sweaty. want any Hail Hydra. I thought that was stupid even in the comics. But the idea dumb. of it looking like Cap and him stabbing one of the old Avengers uh, and then them dying and then it reveals that he's a skull would blow people away. That is, yeah. is what I was trying to say, Nick. Before you cut me off, like I was trying well, to say. Well, you know what? You, you you told me last week. Like, hold on, let me finish. And even after you finished, I was like, "Yeah, your statement is still blasphemous." So, yeah, but, but at least the thing, week, the thing about yeah, that yeah. was, I should have like, about that was, I'm sorry. Like, you got uh, so passionate, but all I said was, I prefer the second one. I didn't say it was better. I just said I, I d- preferred it. Isn't the lad too the one without Robin ridiculous. Williams? No, it hasn't. No, maybe. Wait, I'm not even sure. I don't think the I forget. It does have Robin Williams. The third one, they get him back or something like that. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. But like, the return of Jafar is fine. It's it's okay. But like, for yeah. anyone to like that one more than the original, like, I mean, if you want the Lion King's King better than Aladdin, I get that. But Aladdin too? Huh? Interesting. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, off topic. That's... <laughs> Just my That's a whole other anyway, topic for on. another day. This is gonna be this on. is gonna be an ongoing thing. I'm just I'm just warning you. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Um but all right, let's move on. So we finally officially got the cancellation of every single Shocking. Marvel Netflix show. Um and of course it comes before the release of Jessica Jones season three, so why even show it? But anyway, Because uh, <laughs> I wanna fucking see it, Juan. That's why. I don't want to see it. I don't want any more goodbyes. I don't want any more goodbyes, Joel. Um, well, we know what's yes. coming. It's not a shock. Surprise, it's not a shock, no, but it's, it's like, here's the thing. At the end of Daredevil, I'm like, okay, cool. The way they ended it, okay, cool. The end of Iron Fist upsets me. Of course, it upsets us all. Same with Luke Cage. That Punisher one hit me really hard because I'm like, you just now turned him into the most comic-accurate form of the Punisher, and now I possibly won't even see it ever again. 
Like that was super depressing. So I don't want to experience. But at least that they gave Jessica you some Jones. closure. Jessica Jones deserves some closure. What Luke right. and did. did not get. You know, they deserve yeah. closure. I agree. I agree. So just I'll in go, case, just you. in case they don't come back, you have to give us closure. I agree, which is why Iron Fist should just come back for eight episodes, same as Luke Cage. But anyway, with the official cancellation of all these shows, I want the question to be, because we've already tirelessly went over this, I want the question to be uh, to be this. Nick, I'll go to you first. Okay. Does this put a damper on season three of Jessica Jones knowing that it's canceled before it even airs, um, does this put a damper on the possible, I don't know how Netflix does it, streams or ratings or whatever, um, for season three of Jessica Jones? Um, do you mean like for me personally or just in general? Both. I, w- I want your bias and then your unbiased. <laughs> so both. Okay, my, my bias, no. It doesn't put a damper on it for me, namely because, like, we, like we've all said, we knew this was coming. Like, I mean, I, I feel like we, we pretty much knew after Daredevil dropped and three days went by and it wasn't announced that they were picking it up for season four because of the way that Netflix, like, does their renewals. They usually jump on that shit quick. Um, so, like, yeah. you know, we, we pretty much knew then, um, and it was just waiting for confirmation. And then once Daredevil was canceled, it was, like, obvious. Like, yep. you know, there was there yep. was still that kind of, um, like, you can make some kind of argument that, you know, Luke Cage and um, Iron Fist were the weak, weakest of their five shows, um, you know, kind of argument um, I, I it's, it's especially Iron Fist. I don't I don't know about um, Luke Cage. I, I feel like that's probably on par with Jessica Jones as far as um, like fans and and like watches and all that kind of stuff. I don't, but I don't have the the figures. Um, but nevertheless, like I mean, so for me personally, I mean, I knew it was coming. Um, so like, no, I mean, I, I, like Joel, like I want to see it. Like it, you know, I, I probably like Jessica Jones more than anybody else on this show. Um, like it is like specifically season one, like when that dropped, I was like, fuck that. I might like that more than daredevil. And then season two of daredevil came out and I was like, nope, never mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but nevertheless, like, I mean, it's still, it's arguably my second favorite. With Punisher, it's hard to say because Punisher is just so damn good, too. Um, but, like, I mean, I really like it a lot. I really, really do. Um, so, I mean, I'm interested to see what they do to, to finish things out uh, with, with season three. But as far as, like, you're just kind of regular audience goers and whatnot, like, maybe. I, I definitely think it's a possibility that um, that, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, do as much because you don't have the thread of like, um, well, you know, I, I, you know, if you're not super into Jessica Jones and, and the seasons that we've gotten thus far, you might say, like I did with Iron Fist season two, say, well, you know, A, I want to give it a shot and B, I want to see, I, I, I got to see it because I got to know how it connects to everything else coming forward. You know what I mean? Um, like if, if, for instance, if this was Iron Fist dropping, um, like say it was season three of Iron Fist and that was the last one or say it was season two, like after having seen season one, like I probably, I, 
I might watch it. I'm not going to say I definitely would because it'd be like, man, I didn't really like the first season and it's not going anywhere anyway. Um, so I think there, there's an argument to be made that at least a little bit of that, um, you know, will happen and will kind of affect their ratings. But I mean, at this point, Netflix just doesn't give a shit. Like they don't care if it doesn't do well in the ratings. They're not, they're not picking it up. The only reason they're dropping it is because it's already been shot um, and put together and, and everything else. Money. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, they're like, yeah, here you go. Like, and it's just like, all right, Netflix, fucking assholes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 it could, it could affect the ratings a little bit, but none of that matters anymore. So, nope, none of it does. And I will say, Nick, if you're asking me my favorite of the Netflix shows, and you're telling me that instead of breaking up Daredevil by seasons, I'm grouping it together, I would say Jessica Jones season one is my number two. Um, I, I, yeah, I deeply really enjoyed it. I deeply enjoyed yeah. it. Um, and then Punisher season one would be my number three. Uh, but that's only if you're telling me to group Daredevil. Because if I'm not grouping it, then it'd be one, it's two, three, Daredevil. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it'd be that, then Jessica Jones. Uh, but, Mike, I'm going to go to you. Uh, do you think this affects the release uh, with the cancellations coming before the show even happens? Which is a little douchey on Netflix's part. I mean, well, with us knowing that you're canceling them all, you could have still waited till after it aired and then said, like, oh, all right, now we're canceling the final of them. They're all gone. <laughs> um, do you think this will affect the release at all? Not as far as when it comes out, but just uh, interest from anyone that's not a comic book fan to want to watch it, knowing that this is it. Like, there's nothing else after it. Uh, do you think it will affect it at all in that sense? I'm not really sure. I'm curious. I mean, I know Netflix doesn't give out this data, but uh, I'd be curious to see how much were the views down for Punisher season two. Because I mean, after the Daredevil thing, it seemed like everything was just so deflated. And 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 honestly, I'm still not over the Daredevil cancellation. That was my favorite superhero show. I'm a huge fan of Frank Miller's run on Daredevil and that series. That's why I didn't hate the Defenders like everybody else because it did huge part, a huge arc with Matt Electra. That was stuff that I was all about. I'm with you. Yeah. So. Honestly, guys, I, I I didn't even make it through Jessica Jones season two. Luke Cage got dull to me after Mahashali Ali got killed off. Spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, after he was gone, the show was just like okay to me. I didn't even finish Iron Fist, and I think we all know why. So, I mean, I, I'm probably the wrong one to ask because I kind of checked out on this except for Daredevil uh, a while back. Didn't didn't even finish Jessica Jones season two. Uh, I thought it was okay. I just – I was such a big – Big Doctor Who fan. I love David Tennant. That was the whole reason I was watching Jessica Jones season one was for David Tennant. So I'm probably the wrong one to ask on this one. But yeah, I think that the numbers might be down a little bit more than you're expecting for sure. Yeah, I will Bushmaster say though, was... man. Just gonna say that, that just yeah, just Bushmaster, yeah, Bushmaster, Bush, Bushmaster shit, is great. <laughs> you should check that out, Mike. Bushmaster is great. I will I say agree I agree with you. I agree with you on on the first season of Luke Cage. Like I loved it. I thought the plot twist and everything, like the halfway mark through the season to like change things. I was like, holy shit, they did that like crazy. But yeah, that that season um, was a lot better in the first half than the second half. But the uh, Bushmaster like is pretty badass. In the second. What a great name, Bushmaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say it's got a great character season, too, dude. I become a twelve year old boy when I hear that name. <laughs> Luke Cage. Uh, Season one of Luke Cage after um, uh, God, Mahershala Ali's character uh, Ali. died turned into um, turned into Friday. It turned into like a superhero version of Friday. So it yeah, just, it like, kind of does. This it? is horrible. Yeah. This is really bad. 
Um, but I, I wouldn't say, say really it's, bad. It's just like it, it's like the well, it's, it's like yeah, I lost it's them. like it's like how they say you you make a hit movie, you wow them in the end, and you'll you'll have yourself a hit movie. Um, that did not wow in the end. Is all I'll say. No, you know, not I, at I all. don't think it was and bad by say, any means, but it just didn't wow. I will say the biggest struggle the defenders faced uh, because I I did enjoy, it, but I think the biggest struggle that they faced was. Iron Fist was not well reviewed, so the idea of you kind of making Danny Rand somewhat the face of the series was kind of like, no, no, not not the best idea, not the best idea, yeah. guys. Like a lot of people didn't like his character, so you leading with his character, not the smartest of moves. Um, but if you, you stick with who him, wouldn't love Danny really Rannigan Skywalker? I mean, he's just so whiny and, and excellent. It's, it's such a joy to watch. <laughs> but I will say, if if that is your your concern about the defenders, stick with it because it's it's really good. It's a lot of fun, um, and he does get a lot more tolerable. If, if again, Danny Rand was your issue, um, but then the ending of he's it the is best like in season so two of Luke Cage. That's when he's like, that's when they use him perfectly. Yes, I well, agree. he was for hire was the way they should have went with that the whole time. I thought so. Yeah, sure. went yeah. That, but. I don't think they knew what they were doing, but whatever. Um, Joe, I'll go to you. Uh, do you think it will affect uh, season three of Jessica Jones at all with all the cancellations kind of piling on top and then her cancellation <laughs> being the cherry on top of that that uh, that cake um, before it's released? Uh, probably, and it doesn't matter if it does or it doesn't, obviously, because it's canceled. So I can have no view, <laughs> and the same result will be the same. Um, and I'm a big Marvel Netflix guy. I, I love all these shows, even Iron Fist. I didn't love it as much as the others, but I still enjoyed it for what it was, and I love season two and feel like I had with giant blue balls because of the fact that Luke Cage season two and Iron Fist season two left on such big cliffhangers where I I have no closure. <laughs> it irks the shit out of me. <laughs> That I'm not, I may never get my closure, and it bothers me to no no end. Uh, it, it just, it sucks, man. I really want to see these shows come back in some capacity, hopefully down the line. Uh, I'm a fan, of course, of Jessica Jones, just like the others. Um, and, and I like season one and season two. I like I like Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. I like the, her cast of characters. Um, I can't wait to see what this. Sh- I know I've I've heard Luke Cage is in this season, so you get to see Luke. In Jessica Jones season two, I'm like, I, right. I can't wait to see what he's up to. You know, I want to see it. It's not the last of Luke Cage. <laughs> this is going to be great to see Luke before we we possibly say goodbye forever. Uh, and same goes with Jessica. It's just, I I just personally needed the closure. That's why I do want to see the new season. But I mean, it doesn't really matter if I watch it or not. It's canceled. Uh, I want to see it. You know, for my sake, I want to see it. But yeah, uh, it it really doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, we can all agree if you're Netflix, you could care less. Like, I mean, it, the, the money that you might lose <laughs> on the, the streams not being there, just to Netflix, they could care less. Like, they'll just do another uh, of those murder mystery less. shows that they do, uh, and it'll make up for this. So they could care less. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> couldn't. So. Damn it. You've done it three times in a row. You've done it, like, five times on the show. Couldn't care less. Damn it. You're oh. like, my grammar police is just, like, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> out right now, dude. I do it too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Man. Anyway, 
Let's move on. Now that Nick's trying to become my English teacher all over again, let's move on. Grammar um, <laughs> mafia. Obviously, she did a bad enough job, Nick. Leave it at that. Anyway, according to the comic book uh, uh, com, Kevin Feige has squashed rumors that Black Widow was or ever was going to be rated R. It never was, quote, it never was going to be. Somebody writes, somebody writes, I hear it's rated R, and then everybody writes it up. As it turns out, the rumor was never going, was never anything more than that. Um, no shocker here. We can kind of keep this really quick. Uh, a lot of us didn't think this was going to be rated R. Uh, Mike, I'll start with you. Does, does this shock you in any sense, or did you never buy that Black Widow was going to be rated R? You know, everybody has their jokes about the whole fake news thing, but sadly, it seems like more times than not, it seems to be accurate. And the Army Hammer thing, I think, just goes to show that people are more concerned about being first than being right. And I think that's what a case with this is. I, they're never going to put an R-rated movie in the MCU. I, I don't even think they'll allow Deadpool to stay R-rated if they do. And if they do, he's not going to cross over with the MCU. So, yeah, this was bogus from day one. Yeah, I actually think Kevin Feige shed some – not Kevin Feige um, – uh, the guy, the head of Disney, uh, Bob, Bob Iger. Iger. Bob I think Iger, Bob Iger kind of. Bob Iger spoke to that. He kind of said like, if like when they decide to do something on Deadpool, it'll stand away from the the MCU. Um, I think it'd be hilarious if he showed up and he was just censored. He was like beeped out. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah I like mean, just I'll, being like, what the? <laughs> like, yeah. I'll say this. I think if Deadpool does jump into the MCU. It'll be a joke about censoring him, uh, like, mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, and then, like, you'll have some random sounds that come in to, to kind of, like, bleep out the curse word he would have said. Um, so they'll have a lot of fun with it. Or a well-placed he will camera. 100%, yeah. Right. He'll 100% be, be PG-13. <laughs> By no means I feel like they do with Daredevil. Austin Powers where they did, like, the camera angles. We're covering up anything sensitive. They do something like that with Deadpool, I think. See, it just makes yeah, me mean, wish that the the Offenders cartoon was live action, because like that would be where you would want him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even him being animated, I'd love Ryan Reynolds to come back and yeah. be animated De- uh, oh, yeah. Deadpool for that. Like, it'd be hilarious. Um, Joe, I'll go to you next. Like, does this shock you at all? Because I think we've discussed already. Like, we never really bought into it. Uh, the Black Widow rated R, right? That one? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, let's put it this way. I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> when I first heard about it, um, it, I I just didn't, it didn't sound right to me. I'm like, look, it, you, you've established Black Widow as one of your core members of the Avengers. It's like she's an original sixth member of the movie's Avengers. And you're going to tell me her first solo movie is going to be rated R? Does that even make sense to you? <laughs> like, does that, like, this movie doesn't make no, sense to me. Yeah, well, it's, first of all, it's too late. It's anything. too late, I'm yeah. Still gonna, I'm going to watch it, and I'm probably going to love it. But in the end, it was a little little too late for a lot of normal people. <laughs> I'm not a normal person. I like these movies. Um, <laughs> but I, I, it's just it doesn't make sense financially to make this movie rated R. There's probably a lot of Black Widow fans that are little girls that want to watch Black Widow, and they're not going to be able to watch it if it's rated R, obviously. I mean, that's not true. They probably would be able to, but logistically, it would be harder for children to watch rated R movies. It's just how it is. Uh, So, yeah, it never made sense to begin with, and now that it's cleared up that it won't be, 
I'm not exactly surprised by it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Nick, I know you were not surprised by this, but still, no. what are your thoughts on Kevin Feige's uh, response to the rumors of rated R Black Widow? No, I, told, I told you so. Like, I told everybody so. Like, of course it wasn't going to be rated R. It, for every reason y'all listed, it made no sense. Um, and, you know, like, we, we said – you know, often that like why like what would be the purpose of making this rated R? There is no purpose in it rated R. Like, um what are you gonna show nudity in an MCU film? No. You can get by with doing any sort of um like I mean her backstory in Age of Ultron is, is pretty graphic. Um hell we just saw uh Loki get his neck snapped um and that wasn't made rated R. Like you can get by with plenty of of that kind of uh, I guess more adult material, um, you know, in, in an MCU movie, um, and not have it be rated R. So it just never made sense. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, and apparently someone's dog completely agrees with us. They they see it exactly how we do. Dog is excited, Amy. But but yeah, I mean, I, I said the last time we spoke, Nick, that this movie is almost. It seems. Let me say, it seems. Exactly like the premise of uh, Salt, and Salt didn't even need to be rated R. So it's like, and really see the need of Black Widow needing to be uh, more extreme than the levels that Salt went. So it, it, right. it didn't make sense or whatever. But Mike, I do agree with you. I don't see the need of the movie now, but whatever, cool, put it out. We'll, we'll still all probably go see it, and oh, sure. it might be really good. So whatever. Um, but all right, let's move on. I want us to get into our Oscar category, uh, our Oscar picks. <clears throat> I want you guys to be mindful of the time also. Do not be super long on your Oscar picks. But I want to go through the list of what we have so far for, I mean, not what we have so far, what the topics are exactly that we're going to be going over. So we're going to be going over uh, the directing, leading actress, leading actor, and animated feature. Um, I didn't want to go too long on all the categories because, me and Nick could maybe fill up at least 20 minutes alone. Uh, so <laughs> I, want, I want us to start off with uh, directing. So for uh, best director, we have Spike Lee for Black Klansman. I'm going to mess up a lot of these names, so I want to kind of throw that out there ahead of time so everyone knows. Sorry, I did the same um, thing. <laughs> we have Adam McKay for Vice. By the way, really quickly, didn't know Adam McKay did Step Brothers, so as soon as I found that out, I instantly won him to win. Um, we also have. Oh my God. <laughs> we also have Powell Palowski for Cold War, Alfonso Coran uh, for Roma, and Yurgos Lancimos, I, I think, for the favorite. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be really horrible on this name. You were arguably four for five up until the last one. Like, it, I, I, I mm-hmm. think it's. Palakowski, um, but like you, you were close on, on the on most of them. So that's good. All right. Well, it's only going to get worse for leading actress. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, I'll start with you. Uh, who are you going with the best director? Well, I don't even know. Uh, I'm probably going to lean towards uh, uh, what's it, Caron, Caron, whatever his name is, Alfonso Caron. I think. Uh, yeah. Usually the the movie and director is connected. I'll just probably go with the favorite. I I don't know. I didn't watch a lot of the movies that were on this list that that were directed by these fine directors. Uh, but yeah, I know Roma is one of the more uh, 
in the lead there for uh, like best movie. So I wouldn't be surprised if Quran won. Yeah, and if Roma does win, it'll it'll break open a mold that we thought uh, we were years away from, which is Netflix or smaller uh, or movies that come from uh, streaming services um, getting Oscars. I mean, Roma was a movie that didn't really do well in the box office purely because it came out on a streaming service. Um, so a lot of people didn't really... Well, and because interest. it's... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Because it's the kind of movie that it is. It would, That movie would have never done well in the box office. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I just mean in the sense of, like, if you're if you're strolling through Netflix and see that it's on Netflix, you kind of then, like, when you find out that it's in the theaters, you kind of go, eh, no, not really. Um, and also, the, there's absolutely no marketing to this movie whatsoever. So I don't think a lot of people know really. that it was in theaters. <laughs> so that also does not help. Um, but you're you're absolutely correct, Nick. Uh, usually movies like that aren't going to be huge box office splashes. Um, I'll go to you, Nick. Uh, Who are you picking for best director? Man, I hope it's Spike Lee. <laughs> like, I really, really hope it's Spike Lee. Um, I'm not I'm not predicting that it'll be Spike Lee, but but I I do hope so. Um, Karan's won two Oscars, so you know i that doesn't mean anything as far as um w- will he win a third will he not i mean we we see Meryl Streep win won like every 3 years or whatever so you know i mean it's not like they necessarily um are going to use that as as credentials against him or if you will um but i mean you know i, I would i would kind of want um uh Either Spike Lee or Yorgos Lanthimos. Um, again, I'm I'm just guessing on the pronunciation. Um, uh, to win, um, it would be their their first Oscars. Um, I think they're in the running, but I think Quran is the favorite. Um, uh, I don't see McKay winning uh, for for best director. Um, I saw Vice. Um, it, it's it's a fine movie. Um, but I, I don't think it's a you know a, a, a grand achievement in directing, just in my personal opinion. Fair enough. Uh, I heard it was a really good movie, but sometimes in the Oscars, really good isn't good enough. Um, all right. Uh, oh, Mike, I completely forgot you. I'm like I'm forgetting someone. <laughs> I was about to say Dane, but I'm like Dane's not on today. Uh, Mike, where are you going with for um, best director? I've seen one movie on this list, and that's Black Klansman. Uh, I know two of these directors, Spike Lee and Alfonso Cuarón, so I can't even like just go off of like picking a favorite here. I feel like the the Academy is going to be kind of have that Netflix prejudice, so they're not going to pick Cuarón, even though I think he probably should win. So I think yeah. they're going to give it to Spike Lee as like kind of like a lifetime achievement kind of deal. Yeah. Man, if they and I'd be to totally Spike fine Lee, with that. <laughs> if Spike Lee wins this, and then Black Panther gets some wins, I'm going to go bananas. Um, well, because, I mean, right. you don't think Netflix prejudice is real? It absolutely is with the Academy. You better believe it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. They don't respect it, but sooner or later, they're going to have to. It's going to become the future, so they're going to have to. They don't um, want to be the right. first, especially with all the controversies they seem to have every year. Can't even get names yeah. right. <laughs> fair enough. Even though, to be fair, was, if I ever had, awesome. to, had to uh, host the Oscars, they boot me out like within the first five minutes. I get everything. First commercial break. Get them out of here. Especially, especially pronunciation. If, if you leave it up to Nick, I wouldn't last long. But uh, all right, let's move on to um, leading actress. 
Uh, we got Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I heard was really good, and she was great in that. Um, we have Glenn Close for The Wife. We have Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Uh, Yalitza, uh, I'm not even going to try her last name, um, but Yalitza for Roma. And then we have Lady Gaga for A Star is Born. All right, so for this, I kind of see this as Lady Gaga's award to possibly lose in the sense of she's also performing at the Oscars. I kind of view that the same way that I do, like, anytime Jay-Z or Beyonce, like, goes to the Grammys. It's usually because they already have, like, the win in the bag uh, of something. So I kind of place that on it. And it's it's not to throw shade. I think Lady Gaga did do a really good uh, performance in A Star is Born. But I'm going to kind of ride with that wave. Uh, Nick, who are you picking for uh, Best Actress? Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Um, First of all, she's been nominated seven times for an an Academy Award. She's never won. Um, Wait, uh, And she's got some – yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, hell no. Yeah, all right. No, I'm switching to Glenn Close then. (laughs) Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like – you know, with with a field that is, there's no kind of clear front runner in my opinion here. Um, and, and this is where I would go with the kind of um, uh, the lifetime achievement award kind of thing um, would be Glenn Close for this. I mean, uh, she was kind of famous, famously some of her famous nominations: The Big Chill, uh, The Natural, Fatal Attraction, like. God, she was great in that movie. Uh, Dangerous Liaisons, uh, just to name a few. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I would love to see Glenn Close win it. I mean, she is um, a, a, a terrific actress um, and, and definitely deserves the nod. So that's that's my tip. Fair enough. Mike, who are you going with for uh, Best Leading Actress? I have not seen The Wife, but I since Meryl Streep is not uh, nominated, I, someone else has a chance. They're going to give it to Glenn Close, and on the, the statue, they're actually going to engrave because you should have got it for Fatal Attraction. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I will, the movie scared I will the hell out of me. Point, Still one of the scariest oh, movies ever. Hell played. yeah, the rabbit dude. Damn. <laughs> I will crazy. say to the point that uh, that you and Nick made, Meryl Streep has become like the the Drake of, uh, of the Oscars. If she's nominated, <laughs> it's rare she's going to lose. Um, Joel, who are you going with? Yeah, I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> so, yeah, it does not, uh, I want Lady Gaga to win it. I'd like to see her win it. But Glenn Close, you said, didn't win it ever. I mean, right. <laughs> it's unlikely that she doesn't walk away without it. So, uh, probably Glenn Close. Yeah, I will say, um, I want her to win it because based off of not knowing that she didn't ever win one, but my pick is still going to go Lady Gaga for, um, for, for leading actress. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's go to leading actor. We're going to go Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for Star is Born, Remy Malik for Bohemian Rhapsody, Willem Dafoe for At, e- At Eternity's Gate, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. This one was really difficult for me. Um, I'm going to go uh, Remy Malik uh, purely because I'm a huge uh, Queen fan, and he did an amazing job. Like, I don't think maybe I was alive. I don't think I was. But when all of the Queen, like, hype and popularity was happening, uh, if you just watch some of the old footage, you just you see the similarities um, and just how how greatly he was able to, to come in and just knock that out of the park. So I'm going to go him. What year were you born, Jawan? 93. Mm-hmm. You, like, yeah, you, 
Yeah, he's a youngin. Uh, you were born just after the rebirth of Queen uh, because oh, of Wayne's World. Like, Wayne's World <laughs> yeah. like, relaunched Queen into the American lexicon um, and, and, and Bohemian Rhapsody in particular. Um, so, like, right. that, that would have been... That would have been like, like why they, why you probably why you heard them a lot growing up and whatnot. Like that's that you owe a lot of, of your love for Queen to uh, to um, Mike Myers and Wayne's World. <laughs> well, actually, I'd give it to my dad because that was the first time I've ever heard it. I was in a car with him in a, in a long ride. He he played it for me. He said it was the most beautiful song he's ever heard, um, and played it for me. And I was just like, this is one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. Um, oh yeah, but amazing. all right. Let's um, let's let's be mindful of the time. I'm gonna go to you first, Joel. Who are you picking for leading actor? I'm gonna go with the only person I've seen in the movie this year, uh, Rami Malek. Bohemian <laughs> Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only movie of the guys that are on that list that I've seen, uh, and he was incredible as as uh, Freddie Mercury. I love I love Queen as well, so. It really stood out to me, and, and he's won already a couple of awards. I don't know. Still give it to him for considering that he's approved and, and the whole thing with Singer. They might just, you know, out of spite, not choose him. But um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Nick, who are you going with? Christian Bale. Um, like I, I don't think Vice is going to, you know, win a whole lot, but I think it will win. Um, I think Christian Bale will win Best Actor. Um, dude, he's just—he's fucking amazing in that movie. The way he—he he personifies Dick Cheney, um, the like, you know, the, the 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 effort that he goes through to capture any role that he's playing. Um, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just—it's tenfold. So yeah, definitely, definitely Christian Bale. Very underrated actor of our time uh, is Christian Bale. I feel uh, so. Yeah, I can completely understand that pick. Um, Mike, who are you going with? As much as I'd like to see Vigo get it, because I watched Green Book the other night, and I think it's a vastly underrated movie uh, due to the whole thing with the family like distancing themselves from it. Uh, but right. I'm a little older than you, so I, I will say Rami Malek, because I did grow up with Queen. Uh, there's a comparison video showing the Live Aid concert and the scenes from that movie like side by side, and you can just tell that he yeah. really, really studied that and really just became a awesome. chameleon in that role. I think it'd be an upset if anybody besides him wins. Yeah, and the idea of him putting those those teeth in too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> really kind of drove it over. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, so Nick seems to be the only one that that's uh, that differs from us in that topic. Interesting. Kind of feel like gonna be now, disappointed. now it's going to be Bale. Um, but all right, let's get to our <laughs> last one. Uh, animated feature. We have The Incredibles, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Isle of Dogs. Uh, Mar- Mirai, I think is. Don't even ask me. I don't know. You know what it is. And then Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I don't need to ask Joel. Joel's gonna say Spider Man into the Spider Verse. So I'll start with you, Nick. Yeah, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Of course, it's, it's, just, it's the best. <laughs> Understood. Completely understand. Uh, Mike, are, are are you are you with with all of us in Spider Man into the Spider Verse? I am not. If I was voting, yes. I watched Into Spider-Verse for the first time last night with my son, and, and I loved it. And, I, and I'm an old guard. Miles Morales is not my Spider-Man guy, and I, and I, and I loved mm-hmm. it. But you don't beat Pixar. Pixar's just guy. Even though I enjoyed it much more than Incredibles Do this too, year, Mike. Pixar's going to win. <laughs> Pixar always freaking wins. It's like picking against Meryl Streep. It's just Pixar always wins. Hey, she didn't win I the only vote. That's all I'm saying. We got hope, man. The biggest advantage <laughs> I give, um, I give Spider-Man is 
when I thought it would, like, it would definitely win the Oscar is when I heard a lot of the critics saying the feel. Like, a lot of critics weren't talking the action and stuff like that. They were talking about the feeling that that movie gave them and how heartfelt that uh, that movie really felt. Um, so when I started hearing that from critics that usually would say, like, oh, really good action and, and you know, okay story, when they were talking about the feeling and the heart of it, I was kind of like, yeah. And then when you look at the, the things that are nominated with it, I'm just like, if it doesn't win, it's like that's purely them kind of giving a, a middle finger to, like, superhero movies. Because um, it's like yeah. it's the clear it's the clear favorite. <laughs> the Incredible is here. kind of a superhero movie. Well, in a sense of them not really wanting to nominate Marvel DC kind of movies, I meant in that sense. Um, sure. Incredibles is sure. still purely a children's animated film. Um, yeah. there is no other good movie. No one else competes with it, but me. yeah, no, it, it, it's nowhere near that. Uh, all right, I plus, plus Lord and Miller, Lord and Miller deserve it for being fucking snubbed for the Lego Movie, man. Hell yeah! And that, would big that would be his big middle finger to them, saying, "Ha, so, yeah, look at this, I got an Oscar." Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, but let, let's hope that Spider-Man wins it uh, for the culture, <laughs> for us. <laughs> let's hope yeah. for us it wins it. Um, and I think if it wins an Oscar, I think if you're Sony, you really start thinking about maybe doing a Miles Morales live action. Uh, but I think it can't it be better it, than that movie was. That's why I don't think we need a no. Miles Morales live action movie. It's not going to be better than Into the Spider-Verse was. It can't be. That's true. But I will say this, we'll knowing, how, we'll knowing how reactionary Sony is, if this wins an Oscar, I'll <laughs> almost guarantee by next year's uh, Comic-Con, we'll hear rumblings or reports. Oh, sure, they'll pull Venom and Carnage into the, the into the Morales first. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Sony's very reactionary, so we'll, we'll start to hear about it. Um, but we'll know more after this summer if Sony re-ups with Marvel to keep Peter there. Because if you keep Peter there, I then think Sony will go, we'll start a Miles Morales universe over here, and then maybe, maybe we'll do an Into the Spider-Verse live action, um, you know, if they get Tom Holland back. Uh, into their own. The cage better play Spider-Man War. I want to see that live action. <laughs> that is freaking great. All right, but for our last topic, I kind of just want to hear if you guys are interested or not interested for these last few topics. Um, excuse me. Um, apparently, Star Wars is going to be uh, venturing into creating original content for the Disney Plus app whether that be an Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, show or movie or um, uh, Knights of, of Ren show or whatever. They're just playing with a bunch of different ideas. Um, does this interest you uh, or, or doesn't it? Uh, I'll start with you, Mike. Uh, the whole reason that I started Geek Media Core is because we wanted something to talk about Star Wars before we just decided, let's just talk about everything. So I'm the hugest Star Wars fan you can know until the last Jedi fiasco. Uh, which I know is a very, very sensitive topic, so I won't go too much into it. Uh, basically, the way that Lucasfilm has acted towards anybody that did not like that movie, it's kind of just really turned me off of Disney Star Wars to the point where I'm just treating it like Earth 2 now. And my Star Wars books on my shelf back there are my Star Wars Prime thing. So I- I'm interested in The Mandalorian. I'm sure if it's got Ewan McGregor, I'll check out Obi-Wan show. But like, am I super excited about it? No, I'm just watering it down, in my opinion. Fair enough. We're definitely going to do a uh, Geeks Against the Grain show where we uh, we do The Last Jedi between all of us. Um, but, Joel, what are your thoughts? Oh, wow. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Joel? Interested or not interested? 
Always interested. I love Obi-Wan, one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. Uh, I would love to see it. I wanted to see a movie, but I'll take a fucking series if they have something in mind. Hell yeah, Knights of Ren, I'd love to uh, I want to know more about them. Uh, I wonder how they play, if they play a factor at all in Episode Nine. So if there's more to tell, I want to see it. So yeah, there's, I mean, you can do, there's a lot to do in Disney+. All right, and very quickly to round this out, Nick, what are your thoughts? Does the Pope shit in the woods? Of course I'm interested. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, it's Star Wars. Um, and I will die on the hill that The Last Jedi is a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> All right, so we're definitely doing the Geeks Against the Grain episode about that. But <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Mike, for joining us. Uh, sure, Nick, thanks. Joel, huge shout-out to Kanan no and Dane who couldn't be on the show. Um, thank you Word. guys for listening. We hope all of our Oscar picks <laughs> turn out right. Uh, and we will see you next week, same time, same place. Peace. Shout out Peace. to Sam Elliott, best supporting. Get it, son. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.